0: Welcome to the Caliber podcast brought to you by Watches of Switzerland. I'm Faisal Terry, and for this episode, I'll be joining Brian Duffy, CEO, and Mark Toulson, head of watch buying for the group. And we'll be discussing the history of diving watches and some of the key models on today's market.
1: So, hello everyone, welcome to the Watchers of Switzerland podcast. Uh, my name is Brian Duffy, I'm the CEO of the group, and uh, uh, thank you for joining us. Delighted that you can, and delighted that I'm Joined here with uh, two of my expert colleagues in the, the world of watches uh, who are well, well, head buyers uh, now looking after the US market for us is as as Faye Sateri. Welcome Faye. Hi Brian. And uh, in charge of global watch buying and being with the group many years and a real expert in watches is uh, Mart Olson. Hello. So. <coughs> Those are the two experts, and I get the pleasure of, uh, of putting uh, some of the questions and, and and pushing things along. But today we're going to talk about uh, divers watches. It um, is the most popular look uh, uh, in our market here in the UK and in the US, um, and for reasons that we'll, uh, we'll talk as we go through, but we love our sport watches in the UK and within that the most popular uh, look overall is, is watches that have their heritage back as, uh, as divers watches. So I think some of that will come clear as we talk through the, the history and the look and then we talk about some of the, the current products that we're, uh, we're delighted to be presenting to our consumers. So back in the history mark, I, mean, I guess it all started with the, uh, famously in 1926 Hans Wilsdorf. Uh, Rolex, um, mm-hmm. then patented the the first truly waterproof watch.
2: Yeah, I did. I, well, yeah. I mean, I think it, it started as a as, as a challenge to make. Um sort of uh, you know uh, watch watch movements secure against against the elements so I don't think the necessarily the original idea was to uh, to, to, to go dive in it was to get keep dust out and, uh, and obviously keep rain out and and you know just from washing your hands um, uh, out of a case so uh, along came Hans Wilsdorf in uh, in 1926 with a with a with the idea of screwing the bezel um, and screwing the case back into the uh, in, into the case and and um, and also making a watertight crown, and, and so the oyster case, uh, oyster case was born, really. Yes, and um, calling it the oyster, we believe, came from
1: dinner the night before, or whatever. When he just looked at the marvel of the of the oyster that was completely watertight, right. and that's um, ah. And I I, I yeah. can probably resist the uh, the joke at this point. Who knows? Might come along at some point. Later. <laughs> you know, You never know. We do, do tend to sneak it in whenever we can. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so we had the we had the, the Oyster first waterproof uh, watch, 1926. Mm-hmm. Um, Rolex's uh, commitment to wonderful marketing. We, we saw a couple of years thereafter when the uh, Mercedes Glentz mm-hmm. was uh, was offered one of the Oyster. Uh, uh, watches as she was doing the first female uh, crossing of the of mm-hmm. the Channel, and uh, she she comes out the watches working perfectly after that, enduring whatever it was, ten hours, mm-hmm. and um, and then Hans Wilsdorf has it advertised and uh, communicated through uh, through the country, so a marvel in development and clearly a, you know, mm-hmm. a very uh, visionary guy when it came came to marketing. Indeed, yeah, um, and uh, from what we could see in research, the uh, the first. Truly um, uh, dedicated divers watch
2: was a Omega. Marine. Co- co- correct. Correct. So, yeah, as, we, as we understand it. So um, it was. A, I think they took a different approach to to uh, to Rolex in terms of what Rolex did with a the case. They kind of built a, a, a case around the watch. So um, it was a rectangular watch in in a in a, in a well in, 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 put inside. A rectangular case, and, and that, that's really what it was. The, uh, I think it was tested by a, a chap called Charles Beebe, who was a, a kind of a David Attenborough type character, nature nature lover um, from the from the 1930s. And I think he went down about 14 meters with this watch. So that was arguably the first diver's watch, really. And uh, we'll, we'll take you through
1: from 14 meters all the way through to. Uh, yeah. Twelve thousand feet when we when we talk uh, a bit later about uh, uh, the Mariana Trench and mm-hmm. the, the Challenger Deep, but that's where it all started. Yeah. Then a few years later, uh, a, a famous
2: diver's watch for sure was
1: the, the Panerai Radiomir.
2: Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Um, so um, I think it's the Italian Navy were looking for um, for watches that would withstand uh, withstand water ingress, um, and so Panerai. Um, the idea of also a screw in case back and also um, a sort of screw in crown um, and the name radium here, uh, comes from the uh, f- comes from radium it was the powder they used to make um, to make the um, the luminosity of the hands and the uh, mm. and, and the markers on the dial. Um, I think it gave a lot of people cancer in those days, but that was that was the idea radium uh, radium was a bit of a, a toxic uh, toxic substance. The other thing that I think was interesting is it was one of the um, so you've got to go back to, like, the 1930s uh, and think about um, what was technologically advanced. Um, the, the Radium is also one of the first watches to use plexiglass. Um, plexiglass, these days, um, most decent watches have sapphire crystal, um, Back back then, plexiglass was the, was the coming material. Um, it scratches quite a bit, but it didn't didn't break, whereas glass did. So they uh, so they were one of the first watch manufacturers to put plexiglass on um, on on a watch for reasons of you know safety and and uh, resist more resistance to shock. So. Um, the Panerai Radiomir use Rolex movements as a nice sort of synergy there with uh, with Rolex and the oyster um, and it was arguably the first mass produced um, mass produced diver's watch really yeah, yeah. and uh, you know today's uh, designing of a uh, of
1: Panerai really are true to the to the original. When you look back and see yeah. the ones from the thirties, oh, yeah. you you would have mm-hmm. no idea because they're so similar to yeah uh, to what they're doing now. Panerai, everybody would know it as a great uh, a brand with a great Italian mm-hmm. flair, and they do do their design yeah. and development in the in Milan. But mm-hmm. obviously, Swiss made watches part Correct. of the Richmon Group, um, but I'm an iconic watch for sure. And then uh, just rolling forward almost fifty
2: years, the Pan Fifty Fathoms. Yeah, indeed yeah so um so 50 fathoms um that's apparently ni- it's 91 meters um and um uh, there'd been some development between Blancpan and the french navy and, and the the famous sort of underwater uh, guy jacques Cousteau, um and so they, uh, they they'd worked on uh, making a, a diving watch with a with a rotating bezel um And when when it came out um, in in 1953, it must must have been a bit of a a surprise to everybody because it was huge. It was 41mm, which these days is is a reasonable size watch, but way back then would have been been a a bit of a monster. And it was 41mm because of the bezel. Um, And I guess one of the key things about, um, about what we understand is a modern day diver's watch is uh is legibility and and also your ability to, to to move your bezel uh maybe when you're wearing you know a, a rubber suit etc but the the bezel had um had markings on it and you could you could move the bezel in order to uh to time your dive so you didn't run out of oxygen so uh it was uh the watch um i think i think they used a, a blank pan um in the film jacques Cousteau film the silent world um, i think that's probably maybe the first tv experience uh, tv exposure of a diver's watch i think
1: yeah sure i, I remember well the uh, jack kistel actually the week wasn't complete I think it was a thursday night seven yes, we'd, we'd all gather around the yes. black and white tv yeah it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, came back a while but i remember it was really exotic i think i guess mm. everything sounds more exotic in french but it does yeah in had, uh, had a great voice and a great sense of mm-hmm. adventure and yeah, yeah. how would go with mm-hmm. the team and the uh, and uh, t- tells all tells about all about what's happening in the ocean so mm. a great association yeah and uh, the movie lloyd bridges was the, the guy in the movie all right I think, yeah, yeah i guess okay. father of uh, yeah. Of Jeff and others. Yeah. It was called the Monde Silos. Yeah. S-
2: sounds good when you <laughs> yeah, say it, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure I can't imagine what it sounds like in a Scottish accent. <laughs> but anyway, that is what it was called. And uh, then uh, in the same year actually was the the birth of the, the daddy and most desirable of, of them all when it comes to divers watches the Rolex of Mariner. Favourite of yours, I know for you.
0: Um, Yes, absolutely. It's um, not just a a favourite of mine, but a a favourite of um, many of our clients. It's it's a a huge watch. The first um, diving watch to go to 100 metres and still loyal to its its, um, origins is the Submariner date.
1: And uh, I'm the proud uh, owner of a green Submariner, Mm -hmm. the the Hulk, which gets much uh, uh, admiration. And um, and when I I did get it, not, not fully reading. All the information on it, as uh, as you obviously should do. I was always puzzled as to why the the, the bezel only moved in one
2: direction, Mark. Yeah, well, um, I mean, the the key thing with the, with a diver's watch is uh, is self uh, well, is, is, uh, is staying alive. So um, bezels only move one way, so that if you accidentally knock the bezel, it shortens your dive time. I think uh, normally it's sort of 15-20 minute dives, and most of the bezels have like a 15 minute scale um, because that's kind of the, the the usual amount of time you're uh, you're underwater with your aqua um and so if you if you move the bezel it will only move one way and it will shorten your dive so um so you you will always come up with uh, with plenty of air yeah you just imagine doing that actually moving it
1: yeah forward we've mm. yeah. only got a minute left what exactly. happened <laughs> exactly <laughs> so, yeah. it obviously makes it uh, makes great sense mm-hmm. and then that whole subject of uh um of Basel and the potential of moving the bezel and the danger that might cause. We've, we found something really interesting in Basel last week from a, from Tudor, the prototype PO1.
2: Yeah, we, we, we did indeed. Yeah, so um, I think um, in, in the 60s uh, Tudor were invited to make a watch for the uh, for the US Navy, um, and um, I, I guess. In the sort of 50s and 60s, the the engineering probably wasn't quite as good as as it is these days, um, and so they were looking for a creative way or or a secure way rather to um, to secure a bezel um, at the p- position you'd, you'd placed it at. So um, they came up with a solution where you kind of press a, a part of the case at the 12 o'clock uh, position on the um, on the watch, and it kind of hinges. Up um, a piece of metal you then rotate the bezel to where you want it to and then close it and it effectively clamps the bezel down so that sort of uh, stops the uh, stops the bezel from moving um, and Amiga had a similar thing with the PloProf they had kind of a uh, like a screw down the side of the than uh, the side of the case where you would release it rotate the bezel and lock the bezel in place so uh, yeah the, the importance of uh, having a secure bezel is uh, well is, is key in dive watchers
1: and uh, just the last thing on, on history, coming up to 1960, um, and uh, you know, typical a Rolex, we mentioned 53 with the Submariner, 53 was also the conquest of Everest, and of course uh, Edmund Hillary wearing his, his Rolex with mm-hmm. Sherpa Tenzing at the, at the top of the world, mm-hmm. and having done that, we have to go to the bottom of the world a few years later, 1960, the uh, Mariana Tran- mm-hmm. Trench, and the deepest part of it being Challenger Deep, uh, the Trieste. And mm-hmm. uh, down to what? What, uh, what was the depth of it uh, down? To? Ten thousand
2: nine hundred meters, I think it was. Yeah, with a, with a Rolex strapped to the uh, outside. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible, absolutely incredible. So yeah, the the, the legitimacy for for Rolex in, uh, in in hostile conditions and incredible pressures and and, and yep. depth is uh, well, is yeah, unsurpassed, really. I guess.
1: Yes, and it was a. An adventure that was then uh, replicated more recently, mm-hmm. James Cameron 2012, but uh, went down just to check that everything was as reported previously. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yet another Rolex attached to, to the outside. And just a name drop for a minute, I happened to chat about it personally with James Cameron. Right, okay. Uh, overall, it was a, he was a guest that I might as well go the whole. One. All of it, the whole do. thing, I was actually at the Oscars with Rolex. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it was fascinating to listen to James Cameron on, on lots of levels, but in particular um, the, doing the, the, the Challenger Deep mm-hmm. exploration. Uh, again, really fascinating guy and I think a great uh, ambassador for Rolex. Mm-hmm. Um, so from all of that uh, uh, history, technical development and so on, we get today's uh, range of diving watches, they're really not used for diving today in all fairness that anybody that's seriously diving down to great depths, they've mm-hmm. got electronic equipment and so on they're, they're not dependent upon mechanical mm-hmm. watches. Uh, but we just love that associate. and I think the thing with um, diver watches, it, it, if you have a watch and, and you know that it's going to work under pressure of 300 metres and still be waterproof mm-hmm. and pressure proof and whatever. You know, it's pretty much going to handle anything that you yes. can throw at it in daily life. Yes. So it's it's a bit of a proxy for robustness and, <laughs> and dependability yeah. at the end of the day. True. But yet, uh, if you want to um, things that you would think about if you're buying a diver watch coming coming from all of that, the the depths, the range of depths you would look at. Um.
2: From? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a standard diver's watch you'd you'd want a hundred, you want a hundred meters uh, sort yeah. of water resistancy. Um, they tend to, be, um, tend to be in steel or titanium, uh, it's a non-corrosive material, yep. you know, it doesn't react to salt water, although it's always good to rinse your, uh, your watch when you take it out of, out of the sea, just r- rinse it in fresh water. Um, you want a unidirectional bezel, as, as, as we've mentioned earlier. Um, you, you, need, um, you need a sort of a thick crystal, I sort of mentioned that with, um, with a radimir and plexiglass, but you need something if you are going down to, to withstand pressure. And probably um, an expandable um, bracelet to put over your wetsuit, or or uh, or, or a rubber strap. Lots of dive watches come on rubber straps these days, as well as metal bracelets. Yep. So those are key things to look out for, I guess. And then you know other things that are uh,
1: that come from from that history and functionality, the legibility, yeah, uh, overall.
2: Yeah, yeah, indeed, yeah. Um, I mean, most uh, most dive watches tend to tend to be black dial um, and. Um, and highly luminous um, hour markers and uh, and hands, um, which you know uh, are particularly key. I mean, brightly. Um, sorry, uh, Rolex um, have their have their Chromalight, I think it's called Chromalight Luminosity, and and um, and, and they look. Some of those models look blue um, in the dark, which looks looks really good, but. Um, standard sort of super luminous tends to come out green, yep. um, and, and it look, uh, yeah, really bright. Good for people who are uh, uh, whose vision is failing. So, uh, I find mine quite useful at night. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, all of that information
1: finished up getting represented by you know official certification by the ISO 6425, which uh, has mm-hmm. all of that, all of that criteria and uh, and others to. Uh, to qualify a watch as a mm-hmm. proper diver's watch overall. Last thing I'll mention on the sort of history and development is an oil Oak and not that it's um, a diver's watch specifically, mm-hmm. uh, but as we know designed by Gerald Genta and, and Geneva and a mm-hmm. part, of, part of the inspiration for the overall look and feel and for the bezel in particular came from seeing a diver coming out of a uh, Lake Geneva with the old helmet on that the yeah. screws down. Mm-hmm. And, his view was if, if that functionality was kind of saving the life of a diver then it's uh, it's clearly going to work for his watch mm-hmm. inspired by that look and feel for the Royal Oak that he did back in the 1972. So that's that's all the history and, and reference that uh, the designers are looking at for the inspiration of the of today's watches as we've said many of them are very very true, they've technically got better and better but aesthetically very very true to the originals but let's t- talk through some of our uh, big sellers and favourites and, favorites and and Faye you comment, commented earlier on the Submar- Submariner, it's um, a huge selling range for us, we'd sell a lot more of it if we had a lot more of it. <laughs> uh, but uh, tell us about the Sub.
0: Well the, there's a, in terms of diving watches Rolex produce several options, there's the um, uh, non-date Submariner which is probably um, slightly more important for purists because there's no cyclops, um, you don't really need, there was a lot of, there was a lot of, um query when the when the sea dweller came out 2 years ago they had the cyclops on it so it wasn't true to the original piece but um, um which we've just seen the new version this year in the steel and yellow gold because you do need some precious metal when you're diving let's be <laughs> honest gentlemen <laughs> when you're going to those depths it's got an um, understated luxury um but uh, whilst whilst I digest about it what we do know is the the regardless of which model whether it's the deep sea the sea dweller the subdate or the non date um, they are all tested and should you wish to dive to those depths then every option that rolex do give you um are, you, you're in a, you're able to do so and i think it's really important because we talk about tall watches quite a lot and mark you've referenced the point of the bezel on the diver's watch which is the crucial element of it all is if you are if, if it is a pastime of yours your oxygen is the is it, it's it's if if you've mistimed how long you've got you know if you're wearing a GMT and it might be showing the wrong time zone no one's necessarily <laughs> going to die but um, it's it's really important and Rolex do that whilst they're popular and fashionable and all of the other wonderful things um, they're all accurate and everything's tested I mean the deep sea as a model is is incredible and it's got a great history um, and. James Cameron can remind you of that next time yes, you're at the
1: office. Next time we're chatting over lunch.
0: Next yep. um, time we're chatting over lunch. So there's just a huge amount of variety within Rolex. There's a huge amount of variety of diving watches on the market. Generally, Rolex obviously do it very, very well.
1: And some of the features that we've talked about really evident on the on the submarine of the the clarity of the of the numerals, the the, the very distinctive uh, twelve o'clock with the. Uh, uh, with the the big um,
2: triangle uh, there to yep. maintain, yeah. So you know which way is up, which way is up. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Yes. indeed. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's an iconic look. The the dots, the triangle, and the um, and the uh, and the sort of baton at, uh, at at sort of six and, and nine o'clock. I mean, I think uh, we we should do a quiz of uh, luminous luminous dials because see if you can pick out what the luminous dials are just from from rear, from the. Uh, from the shape and the and the, uh, and the configuration of the of the numbers, yep. but you'd spot the Rolex easily enough because it, it kind of is iconic.
1: It, it, it certainly is, and I think we'd, we've got to say the most iconic diver watch out there is a is <laughs> a Rolex Submariner for sure. Yeah. Uh, but but another one huge association as we mentioned earlier with with uh, the early days of the diver watches is Omega and their biggest selling range with us, and I think worldwide as is the, is the Seamaster. And um, again, a great,
2: uh, great divers watch. Ah, it is, it is indeed. So, uh, yeah, um, it, it got a, um, a, an upgrade last year, so they've got a a metas tested movement in it. They've gone back to the ceramic uh, ceramic dial with kind of a wave pattern in it. Um, about sort of three thousand six hundred pounds, and it's 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 great in the blue or a black dial. And then now are other options coming along with uh, with different dial colours. Also got a helium escape valve as well for. Um, uh, well, letting helium out of the watch if you have been diving um, uh, really quite deep. But yeah, again, it's an iconic. It's an iconic look for Amiga The sort of shape of the hands is, is really uh, is really iconic for them. They're sort of skeletonized and, yeah. and like swords. It's it's, uh, it's it's a good look.
1: And uh, moving on, uh, another great seller for us uh, is with uh, with Breitling, and uh, I think instinctively, and this is one of the big points that uh, George Kern was making, you, everybody instinctively associates brightling with uh, with aviation but in fact one of the best selling the best selling range mm-hmm. uh, for us here in the UK actually as a diver's watch the, uh, the super ocean this is one that you like Faye
0: um, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Brightling generally and um, it's, it's funny because we do associate it with aviation but the um, uh, super ocean and the super ocean heritage um, what I quite like, whilst this isn't this is going to be the technical element, the bright colours, um, and the lowest. I think orange is the last colour you can see on the spectrum when diving, and I can't Correct. think of any other watches, uh, particularly divers' watches, other than brightling So they're loyal to um, again the sort of what the sort of crucial elements because it's all very well. I mean, the luminosity if you can see it at that depth, but um, um, they do they 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 do. A, they do diving watches very well, mm-hmm. and there are. It's an iconic look for the brand as well. So, yeah. um, the functionality of the watch itself, but equal, equally loyal to their own identity. Yep, yeah.
1: and uh, the numerals very very clear.
2: Yeah, they are indeed, and 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 um, I mean that got a refresh at, at Basel this year. So, um, you know you can get a, a, a Super Ocean that goes down as far as two thousand meters for uh, three thousand six hundred pounds, uh, yeah. which is which is amazing. I mean, it's a really cool looking watch.
1: Yeah. Nope, nope. Uh, tremendous, uh, tremendous value for money, uh, actually. And, um, and a really chunky crown. Eh? I mean, that's mm. something I really like on...
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a bit of shoulder protection around the crown as well to stop it, uh, to make sure you don't accidentally uh, open it.
1: Yep. And as we mentioned earlier, a, a brand that had a big influence on the history and development of, uh, of divers watches is Panerai. And it's hardly changed at all from that uh, original look.
2: That, that's true i mean the radiumeer is that sort of cushion shaped case uh, with the screwing crown and then you also have the, um, you also have the Luminor, the lumino the other case which again is cushion shaped but it's got the like the crown protector on it that makes sure the uh, the crown's always pushed into the uh, into the case to make sure it's watertight so yeah uh, i mean panerai are you know masters of, of dive watches i guess or water resistant watches certainly yeah and are just super cool yeah. watches to
1: have today as we know the- the trend in Italy for a while was, was actually wearing your diver's watch outside you, outside your jacket, which yeah. um, is very practical and silly <laughs> cool thing to do and, and it happens to get you noticed as well, which
2: yeah, beautiful dials as well. I mean, there's an iconic look to uh, with the 3, three, six, and nine, yeah. and then the battens interspersed between those. It, it's a, that's a that's one you would pick out in the dark as that's a Panerai dial. Yeah, sure. I mean, the dial and the case shape mm-hmm. between the big things, and then of course with the luminor mm-hmm. having that
1: extra protection on the crown. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, wonderful divers watch, and uh, we mentioned earlier again uh, the Tudor and their Black Bay range is just so right on in their, their looking aesthetic today.
2: Yeah, um, that, that's that's very true, and and um, in particular, I guess, um, I mean, referencing your point earlier about about the uh, the royal oak and the, and the the diver's helmet, a lot of um, that, that sort of stuff used to be made in um, in sort of bronze, um, and. Um, and one of the one of the key sellers from Tudor, and one of the one of the great watches, which is 200 meters water resistant, is is the Black Bay Bronze with yep. its again rotating bezel with a with the first 15 minutes um, sort of I- identified on the bezel and, and a bronze case. It case it's got a kind of a, a whole seafaring thing about it.
1: It's a it's a great look and one that will that will age mm-hmm. very, very gently with you, Patina. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, over time and, and the, the whole bronze when it was launched uh, Black bay bronze hugely popular and it's a big deal yeah, yeah, yeah really the, this, will, this will be the mm-hmm. same for sure and then the last one that we've uh, we've talked about in history and let's talk about their, uh, their products today the, the Blompa 50 Fathoms
2: yeah um, I mean again as we, as we referenced one of the early innovators in, in dive watches um, the 50 fathoms is um, is still part of their uh, still part of their collection. Um, I mean, a Bathyscaphe you can you can get into a Bathyscaphe for a, uh, about just under nine thousand pounds, and it's, it's got a an iconic look. Uh, I mean, a couple of years back they they brought out the uh, what they called the Mill Spec, which is one of the uh, which had a, a kind of um, an aperture on the dial, um, and um, it was a throwback to some sort of the 60s and 50s dive watches. Um, and if, if you got water in the watch, this sort of aperture would go red, so you knew your watch was no longer safe. So um, uh, yeah, they've got a, a rich history in diving watches, and uh, it's it's a great brand. Yeah, it's a it's a very cool, and distinctive look again. Um,
1: great product, and uh, and as we've said, divers' watch is hugely popular um, for the functionality, their robustness, mm-hmm. their. Our heritage, our memory of great days of uh, exploration mm-hmm. and adventure, and so on, that have gone on and continue to go on. And uh, I think uh, the
0: lifestyle as well. It's not just whether whether you do or do dive yourself and haven't an, have any experience with it. It's outdoors. It's yep. um, I think if you both if we've used the word robust. Um, it's it lends itself to a, a, a sort of a, it's sporting. It's mm-hmm. fresh. It's um, very different to a lot of the other the other watches that we that we work with, um, not just tour watches but classic dress watches as well, yep. um, so it, it has a really wide appeal even if you're not a diver. Yeah, yeah. And
1: you're absolutely right, it's your four wheel drive guy yeah. that's, uh, that's out there that's, uh, that's enjoying nature, mm-hmm. enjoying sport
2: and adventure and whatever. Yeah. What well,
0: mm-hmm. did you compare it to earlier Mark?
2: What it was yeah, yeah, the four-wheel a, it was, four-wheel drive watches really? Yeah, it's a similar sort yeah, of thing. It's, I was just nicking it. it oh, it, sorry, I thought bad. you had another. Uh, it's yeah. tough and robust and and, um, and 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 functional, but um, but as you can see from brands like Rolex and Panerai, it's also luxury as well. You know, so there's that legitimacy and, and toughness about them. But materials like you you were mentioning the Sea-Dweller in steel and yellow gold. I mean, it's uh, you say you don't need yellow gold underwater, but um, it kind of it's. Part of the whole um, whole mystique of Rolex, I guess. Well,
0: if you don't want the bimetal, it does come in yellow gold and white gold independently as that's well. True, so. That's true, enough. And I think it will help you dive because of the weight on your wrist. It um.
2: probably will do, yeah. yeah. And if you really
1: want to impress the fish world, um, <laughs> you can get some mariners now that we're having a big success with. Actually, they diamond-encrusted and various uh, <clears> gems. Around them. So I can't imagine the outfit that actually complements <laughs> that, that particular product. But it just shows the, the yeah. success and the, uh, the appeal, I think, of the overall look, as you say, the association with the lifestyle and everything else. So, uh, so a great category, and, and hopefully that's, uh, that's given everybody a, a good understanding of where it's all come from functionally and so on, to create this, uh, this great-looking uh, family of, uh, of watches. So, thank you, Faye. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you, Mark, for uh, for joining me. And thank you uh, out there, all of our listeners. I hope you're enjoying our series of uh, podcasts. Uh, This was uh, number 15. Uh, Overall, any comments you have or questions, then please let us know. We'd be uh, delighted to respond to them. And uh, we look forward to to bringing you our uh, our next edition of, uh, of podcasts, which will be happening pretty soon. So thank you for tuning in.
0: thanks for listening to this episode of Calibre Podcast. As always, please do subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. We're now available on Spotify as well as all the usual places you listen to your podcasts.